that a lot of our pain and the roots of what we're thinking exist in the body, right? And we have been taught to resist our body, to numb our body, that we can't, we can't feel pain, right? Mm. And what I've learned is that actually it's in going into the body and feeling the pain and being with the pain that we actually heal from the inside out on like a deep cellular level. Welcome to the INF Club podcast. My name is Jazz Hoti and this is the podcast for INFPs, INFJs and other highly sensitive introverts. On the show, you'll find the stories and perspectives of fellow INFs and other special guests, as well as my own personal experiences. The hope is that these episodes will help you learn, reflect, and move forward, so that ultimately you live better and thrive. Whether you're here for the first time or you're a returning listener, thanks so much for being here and let's get started. Hey everyone, I'm Jazz Hoti, your host and curator over at INF Club, and I'm delighted to welcome you to another episode of the podcast. So, I don't know about you, but I'm really feeling the autumn vibes now. Last couple of episodes I've talked about um, my mood and energy levels changing as it gets darker, and it just seems to all of a sudden just be getting dark really quickly. Um, it's still a little bit dark outside. Um, I actually don't wake up super early. I wake up about 8 a.m., uh, even 8.30, sometimes even even 9. Um, and so it's not so dark in the mornings, but yeah, in the evenings it really is getting dark and cloudy and I think with the clocks changing for us here in the UK next week, it's going to start to really feel like winter is drawing in. So I'll be honest, I do actually quite like this time of year, all the colours that come out. Um, I like the kind of cosy indoorness that comes with winter. The Danes have a word um, called hygge, which uh, isn't easily translated, but is all about kind of cosy, communal, comfort vibes. And yeah, I'm quite looking forward to winter drawing in, actually. I had this fascination with uh, snow when I was younger. I actually asked on Twitter, so Twitter, um, INF underscore club, if you'd like to find uh, the club on Twitter, it's myself that, that manages the account there. And I asked uh, last week what, what the weather was like for people. And someone even said they'd had their first snow. And I was like, wow, October. Um, I'll have to find out where that, where that person is. But yeah, I had this fascination with snow when I was younger. I would literally be sat waiting. I remember this. We used to have this, um, like, clear uh, patio door to our back garden. 
in in the first house I lived in. Well, actually, technically the second house, but I, um, and I just used to sit and watch and wait for there to be snow. And I remember as a, sometimes if you squint hard enough, you start to see what isn't there. And uh, yeah, I'd wait for it to snow, and then I'd want it to settle. And you know, I never really had a um, a white Christmas. Um, I think the closest I got to that was last year when we went to Iceland and it was snowy outside of uh, Reykjavik, the capital. But yeah, I really like snow um, and I quite like winter. And I'm not much of a hot drink drinker, but I'm finding myself have more hot drinks, tea, uh, ginger tea, as a friend recommended to me, which I'm enjoying. So yeah. Um, also an interesting time, uh, an ongoing interesting time, I should say. It's been one of those years, hasn't it, with the pandemic and um, a certain election happening um, over in the United States. And I just feel like I wanted to remind um, listeners that it's completely okay, dare I say necessary, to manage your consumption of the information that you're taking in anyway um, if you've been following myself and my stuff for a while now you know that I'm all about intentionality um, just in general and and when it comes to you know technology and, and smartphones and, and the rest of it but I a couple of years ago consciously really cut down my news consumption and I've been falling a little bit back into it I think with the, actually, funnily enough, the pandemic and the election. But just a reminder that um, it's pretty intense. There's a lot of kind of energy out there. And just be mindful of the energy you're taking in and exposing yourself to. And also be mindful of carving out spaces to get to ground yourself and to get into your body rather than, um, you know, giving your, your ego and your head all sorts of stuff to, to worry about. Um, yeah it's certainly applicable to me and i've got a feeling i've got a feeling that it will resonate with uh, at least some of you who are listening um maybe you didn't even know there was an election going on because you're, you're in another part of the world so that's fine but i think still you know pandemic generally speaking the pandemic is kind of uh taking up a lot of airtime to say the least um, and i'm not saying don't be informed but there is a fine line between being informed and just like being aware of you know what's going on or and, and you know what's what's changed um, with regards to rules and regulations um, and of course if you if you do have any 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 loved ones close to you who um, who have either who have have got the virus or, or have have suffered as a result of having the virus um, of course um, I do send my uh, condolences and good wishes to you because, um, yeah, I I do know uh, a couple of people kind of in my in my circle who've one of and you know one of whom had it. Um, she's my age, um, and she she had it pretty bad. So I do know that this certainly isn't a situation to be taken lightly. But I feel like it's really important for us to manage the information and the energy that we're we're taking in and that we're exposing ourselves to 
And finally, before we um, begin and I uh, get to introducing today's guest for you, if you would like to get in touch, I would love to hear from you. You can email me at jazz at infclub.net and you can even send me a voice note by heading to anchor.fm forward slash infclub. That's anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M forward slash infclub. I can hear my brother whistling in the distance. He's working from home. And before I recorded, I said, would you mind not like whistling for the next 10 minutes? I felt really bad. And he was like, oh yeah, sorry. Um, but he started again, gently. I can't hear him now, so maybe he stopped. But yeah, it's quite nice, actually. Um, now, today's episode, I'm really excited about this one. Um, I'm, I'm pretty excited about most conversations that I bring to you, actually. In fact, I don't think there's been a conversation that I've not been excited to bring to you, um, just because yeah i'm i just honestly love recording these um and i hope you love listening to them as much as i love recording them but there's a backstory to my guest today um who is raya elizabeth and uh, raya and i so raya went by riley at the time um we met kind of through an online community that we were both part of in it was either 2015 or 2016. In fact, it must have been 2015, um, and I'll tell you why. Uh, we were in this community, and Raya, um, or Riley at the time, commented on one of my first ever, possibly my first ever Medium post, and certainly one of the earliest things I wrote and put out there, which I often link back to. I think it's in my About section on infclub.net um, slash about. And it was what I wrote when I stepped away from corporate life and I didn't know what I was doing, but I just knew that I had to step away onto a new path. And I think she had um, seen um, kind of my my profile in the, in the, in the forum. Um, I normally get quite excited in forums that I'm in and I really end up contributing. Um, I just love the energy of, of like-minded community. And she then stumbled across my profile and my medium and she said, you know, uh, she sent me just a really lovely message saying, um, I really, yeah, kind of like your, your, your stuff and it'll be interesting to see where it leads. And she just wrote this really sweet message. And I just randomly stumbled across it like earlier this year. Uh, and I was like, huh, what a lovely message. Uh, and it was pretty cool because she mentioned like, Jonathan Fields in this message who I was really into at the time and I was like oh what a lovely message and it didn't I was like I'm normally pretty you know I, I respond to messages I receive and I was like did I respond to that message I can't see a reply on medium medium kind of make it weird to reply where it's actually a comment as opposed to a reply anyway I found myself questioning I was like did I actually reply um so I looked um I looked uh, Raya, or, or Riley, as I knew her, up at that time. This was earlier this year. And I found her website, and I was like, wow, she's up to some cool stuff. Um, she had like a coaching page, which was talking about um, using language, let's say, kind of intuitive, emotional, spiritual language, which really resonated with me. 
Um, and I was like, huh, it sounds like she's been on a bit of a journey too. So I reached out and we jumped on a call. And you know when you just have one of those calls where you just have a great time and it was like the over the feeling that i had was gosh it's really cool that just at that time for in when we were in this community it feels like we were kind of both in discovery like mode and since then we really stepped into alignment and into our kind of emotional spiritual in our journeys if you like and we just had this really lovely catch up and subsequently Raya invited me um, to do a uh, a Facebook live it was actually my first Facebook live um, with her and her community and I, and I subsequently invited her onto the podcast earlier this year and I'm finally now um, some months down the line uh, sharing this episode with you and I'm delighted to do so. Uh, just a reminder that I will share, um, in fact, I'll say that in a moment, actually. Um, I was just gonna mention the show notes, but yeah, I, I know I've mentioned my Medium post um, and kind of, you can even see Raya's comment. Um, and yeah, sorry. Uh, there was something else which I thought I said, uh, which I can share on the show notes. But yeah, basically everything I've said so far that can be linked to that I remember will be on the show notes, which I'll talk about in just a moment. Other than that, here's a few words put together by Raya in advance of this conversation that I'm going to bring to you. Raya is a women's depression coach. She uses powerful intuition-led coaching techniques and embodiment principles to guide her clients into a life full of possibility and joy. She is super passionate about her work as it initially helped her overcome her own depression, anxiety, and binge eating disorder. She lives in Miami, Florida with her husband and two children. Some of her greatest joys are eating chocolate ice cream, being in nature, and intuitively dancing. Now, yeah, she, like Raya's one of my favorite people. Um, we just had this awesome conversation and like there's a lot of like similar, just yeah, kind of her energy. I really resonate with her energy and, and kind of what, what she's into and what she talks about. And I, I think I latterly discovered, um, or we latterly discovered that we, we share the same birthday. So there's a lot of kind of sync, different years I hasten to add. I think I'm a couple of years older. But there's a lot of kind of synchronous vibes going on here. Um, onto the yeah, the show notes that I uh, um, that I mentioned before when I kind of trailed off a little. Raya also took part in a written interview before we recorded this podcast, and you can find a link to this and complete show notes for this episode over at infclub.net forward slash show notes. Just a reminder that written interviews are a separate entity to this podcast. So, yeah, Raya took part in this written interview and then we followed that up, if you like, with the um, the conversation. Uh, this conversation, this recorded conversation. Right, a uh, couple more things in terms of housekeeping. 
I know for anyone, um, and perhaps especially relevant, um, some for some for some episodes more than others, and and this being one of them, with Raya being a women's depression coach. I'm not a doctor, therapist, or any kind of licensed medical practitioner, and neither are my guests, unless expressed otherwise. On this podcast, I'm merely sharing my own perspectives and insights and journey, and providing a place for others to do the same. I'm pretty sure I've misspoken or otherwise made some mistake in today's episode, so please do forgive me for those. And finally, if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast on whichever platform you're listening to this on, please do so as it will help other INFPs and INFJs find the show and keep the momentum and good vibes going. And if you're feeling called to it, I would love an honest review, um, which will do exactly the same. Momentum, good vibes, helping others find this show. I really appreciate it. That's about it for me. So with that being said, I am delighted to bring this conversation to you. So please sit back relax, take a breath, and I hope you enjoy my conversation with Raya Elizabeth. Okay, cool. Hey again, uh, Raya. Uh, so lovely to be speaking with you again for the second time in a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe like even the second time in a week, actually. Yeah, I know. It was just the other day that I had you on my platform. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, honestly, so I so enjoyed that conversation. It's just really lovely to be talking to you again. So thanks for, yeah, thanks for coming over on my platform now and doing this. Yeah, it's a pleasure. I'm super excited for today. Awesome. And um, I mean, there are so many things that I'd like to ask you, um, but if it's, I feel like this is okay to go deep <laughs> quite mm -hmm. quickly. Um, mm -hmm. You, um, you, you, de you describe yourself as a, um, a, a women's depression coach mm -hmm. and I love your Facebook bio and what it says and I'm just going to read it out as well. It says, depression is a calling to come back home to yourself. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'd love to hear you talk about that sentence, kind of where that came from, like just how you connect with that. Sure, sure. Um, right away, I do want to clarify to you and any listeners mm -hmm. that my background is in professional life coaching. So I'm not a professional doctor and I'm not a registered therapist. Um, my methods are in life coaching and mm -hmm. energetic principles so it's very unique a unique way to approach depression and that's something that just needs to be cleared and said and clarified right <laughs> absolutely yeah no thank you but thank yeah. you for clarifying that yeah so with with my bio like with that sentence and when it says um depression is a calling to come back home to yourself it's like just like the sentence to like it describes everything about what I've learned about depression in that when so I'll speak to my own experience when I was depressed when I was really in a depression I was in a depression for a few years really struggling with it um, just like completely dysfunctional as I've gone through 
my journey, and I'm sure we'll go into my journey more and more, but as I've gone through my journey, I've been able to recognize that when I was in my depression, I was not myself. Mm. What was causing the depression was stuff that was in my body and in my psyche that was not mine. It was not me. It was beliefs that I've been carrying that have come from generations and generations of ancestors, right? Um, trauma that I was carrying in my body as it, from the situations I was in as a child and as a teenager, you know, all of that added up to cause my depression. And then through the journey, what, what ended up happening was just releasing these things and letting these things go. And what, what ended up happening was this discovery, oh, this is who I am. Actually, all of that, that was not even me. I was thinking I was somebody else, but this is who I am. And it very much feels like a homecoming. Like literally, like you've been on a path, you've been on a journey, you were lost, you were scared, all this stuff, and now you're back home again. Right? So that's where that sentence came from. It's a calling to come back home. It's like if you're depressed, your soul is like, hey, this is not who you are. Like, that's why it hurts so much. Mm-hmm. That that discovery that you that you spoke of, you know, it wasn't me. It was it wasn't who I am. It's coming home to myself. Did that happen in like a single moment? No. Or, or was this like a gradual kind this of was, uh, series of an, aha moments, if you like? Yeah, series of aha moments, series of um, being in really difficult situations. I I. I'm going to talk about coaching. I, when I was really, really struggling and I had enough and I was struggling not only with depression, but anxiety, binge eating disorder. My marriage was like, Oh, like really just not working. Like so many things in my life were just not working. And I hit a breaking point to the point where I was like, Hey, I obviously need help. Um, traditional routes for getting help did not appeal to me. They were just not my path. I, was, I would see, and I was just like, nope, that's not for me. Um, and, you know, this is where grace kind of came into my life, you know, where synchronicities happened. And I ended up in, the, in this coaching seminar. It was a sales, like a sales night where they're selling you the coaching program. And everybody in the audience was like, oh my God, they're selling this so hard right now. And I was sitting there like, oh my God. I, I, this is for me. Like, this is, this is what I need right now. How long ago was this? This was like four and a half years ago now. Okay. Yeah. And, um, I did not have the money to be able to do it. Like, it was like, I was like, I have no idea how I'm going to do this, but I'm doing, like, I know I knew in my heart that I had to do it. Right. (laughs) And was it the style of coaching? Was it the person delivering? Or what was it about mm. it that had you kind of um, oh. so like, wow? You know what's interesting is because in the sales seminar, they didn't really coach much, right? They were just they were just like, do you want to keep living this way? You know, like, yeah, really they, like, like a sales seminar. Like they want to kind of, yeah, they, they want to sell you on it, which is why. Right, right. Like, oh, God. 
here we go again type thing but right but yeah. there was something in me that was like I just know that I need to do this like I've just had enough mm -hmm. you know and I got lucky in that when I did get there and we started they started this was like a three-day intensive thing um and they started like showing us and teaching us coaching principles and different types of um ways of seeing the world and i was just like what like my mind was blown that weekend right it really helped me one take responsibility for my life mm -hmm. okay that that weekend was really important in helping me transition from a the overall place of victimhood into a place of i can do something about this about my life right um, and it was really empowering in that way. And then, and then, you know, the next biggest thing that I got from that weekend is that I am not, I am not my thoughts. I am not, there's my thoughts and then there's me watching my thoughts, right? And there was that separation so that I didn't identify with my suffering so much, you know, and just creating that space within me allowed for an entire other journey to unfold that was just the beginning right yeah what you said there about thoughts and the separation between mm -hmm. you and your thoughts um really weird but i yeah i um i was actually just thinking it a few minutes ago earlier because I, I sometimes yeah i have certain thoughts that creep up and i always have to remind myself you are not your thoughts in mm -hmm. a way right um Again, did, did that? How, how did that realization happen? Was that through the Was that through the coaching that you experienced? Yeah, yeah. That you know, that particular weekend was. They had a really interesting way of showing that to you, right? Right, where where they were like, they were kind of like mocking it in a way and like making fun of it. I've learned since then that we. So, so even though that I'm like super grateful for that first weekend mm -hmm. in that seminar, it's not in alignment with me anymore. I've learned a lot more. I've gone deeper into those principles and gotcha. something about it was like kind of, and this can be found in so much mental health stuff where there's shame. There's like a shaming of our experience. So when we create space between us and our thoughts, we don't want to judge that we don't want to say oh these are not my thoughts and therefore they're not valid mm -hmm. like these thoughts are still in your system they're still in your psyche there's still something that needs to be seen and heard and and loved and dealt with right so it's not so much like oh there's a space and that was kind of how the first coaching seminar did with was like there's a space they're your thoughts just ignore them <laughs> you know and that that was helpful at first but not sustainably helpful yeah I, I feel like i need to like what i feel compelled to say right now is um mm. i've experienced my own therapy uh kind of in its traditional form individual group etc and again for me actually at the time it there seems to be something about timing in terms of getting support um i think my my mum tried to encourage me to get therapy like in my late teens, I think. And it just wasn't, I just wasn't having any of it. I was just, don't know why I'm here, don't need this. You've got to kind of, I think, be ready and, and want to go there. And I was kind of, so this was in my, my mid twenties, again, about that time ago, four and a half, five years ago. 
Mm -hmm. um, it was useful in certain ways for me, like one of them being just to get, just for me to open up and engage with stuff I'd been holding in for a long time. However, I always felt that traditional therapy didn't quite hit the mark. Yeah. And it was through other stuff and a lot of it to do with kind of, um, I guess, energy and spiritual stuff and soul that I was more able that um, kind of completed the picture for me. And again, that's like an evolving thing. I'm, I'm probably still growing into that and I probably always will be. And um, I'm sure you will be too. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah no, just, absolutely. Just like this but traditional, I don't know what it is, Western. I always feel, um, and, I, and I, little moments like come back to me, like I am, um, I was put on um, an antidepressant uh, for part of my treatment called sertraline. Mm. Um, and I, um, it's quite a common antidepressant. And I would get these, uh, like I would sweat a lot and it would kind of uh, mess up my, my system a little bit. I'd like, it, would, it could be freezing cold and I'd wake up and I'd be sweating. And, uh, you know, my kind of uh, psychiatrist, uh, you know, I told him and he was like, oh, he's like, yeah, it was like, I'm looking at the stats here. That must be a really rare thing. And I'm like, I think, I think it, I think it might be to do with me being highly sensitive and stuff, but I didn't feel like I could say that to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there were, I don't know, there were just little things about myself and just about, I don't know, it just felt the whole scientific rigid Western approach doesn't yeah. seem to completely, um, I love address, this. address the whole address the whole absolutely absolutely and something that i've learned is that the traditional routes talk therapy western medicine it is approaching it on a mind level yeah okay right. or the talk therapy is only talking about it mm -hmm. right we're but a lot of our pain and the roots of what we're thinking exist in the body, right? And we have been taught to resist our body, to numb our body, that we can't, we can't feel pain, right? Mm. And what I've learned is that actually, it's in going into the body and feeling the pain and being with the pain that we actually heal from the inside out on like a deep cellular level right mm. yeah yeah that's yeah. i mean that's just does that make sense it does make sense yeah and it's um yeah uh, again i should say that therapy both one-to-one -one and group had their place for me they both helped me yeah. at the time yeah so it's important mm -hmm. to say that um yeah. just a point on talk therapy so i started reading a book recently called the body keeps the score i don't know if you've come across it yeah yeah absolutely and um the author was saying uh, how actually talk therapy for folks who've experienced trauma can actually have the opposite effects to being helpful right mm -hmm. um, and again there were some things in that book which kind of resonated with me a lot because it was kind of talking about i guess trauma is inherently body stuff right yeah yeah, yeah. it's literally living in the body mm -hmm. with pockets of energy yeah right? yeah and um yeah 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 um 
you, you mentioned your anxiety and your your binge eating mm. um and again you know this, this this stuff both anxiety and um i mean i, I don't i don't want to uh, describe the binge eating disorder for you but um kind of addictive type behaviors these sort of patterns i see a lot of addictions and these sorts of things um in a lot of INFPs and J's. Yeah. And um, my, my feeling, and I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear your take on it, and I don't want to kind of, um, I guess, tarnish your thought. But you know what? <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to say how I feel about it. I just want to, yeah, if I may, kind of hear you talk about um, mm. how you, the relationship you now have with that and, and, and how you, why you, um, why you feel that might have kind of come about if you know what I what I'm trying to ask. Yes. Yes. Okay. So this might not sound relevant, but I'm gonna I'm gonna start somewhere else that and it will tie in. Sure. Something that we need to understand is that our bodies need to feel safe. Mm -hmm. Okay, they need to feel safe. And safety is actually a feeling, an emotion, a way of being. Right? Is that background noise too loud? Oh no, I can't hear anything. Oh. Somebody's working on my AC unit, so it's like, oh. Oh stop right. It. Yeah, okay. Now that you said it, so I literally thought that that was my computer like whirring. Oh. That's that's how quiet it was, and now has it just gone off now? No. Oh, it hasn't. Oh, okay. But well, if you can just hear me, then that's good. Yeah. <laughs> either way, I can't. Me. Either way, I can't hear anything. So it's, it's okay. Good. 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 So yeah. So we need to feel safe in our bodies, mm -hmm. and because our bodies are so full of pain and trauma and things that we don't feel like we are, we can go there. We don't have the tools to be able to like go into our bodies. We often create this like cut, right? And we're like, mm. and when the pain starts to come up, what we'll do is we have coping mechanisms to be able to push it back down, right? So for me, I used food, right? And it was like literally binging, you know, like eating food. Like there was a hole in my body that I could not fill. I would eat and eat and eat until I was full up to my, I, I was like, like, <laughs> could feel myself it was so awful and I remember one night like I was I had finished a binge and I was like and I felt um like like I remember just thinking I'm like a drug addict right and it's interesting because I, you know just a side note Food was my drug because I was Mormon at the time. I was in the LDS church. Um, and so my entire life, I, for me, drugs and alcohol was off the table, right? Um, there was some trauma around alcoholism in my family. And so it was just like, not going to go there. But it was interesting because even though I had a judgment in the t at the time, like a closed-minded judgment towards those things, mm -hmm. I was still using something else as a drug, right? Yeah. And what I've learned is that I was doing that to help me feel something, a sense of safety, right? You got to think about it. Like if you're not feeling safe, okay, so, so when you feel safe, you feel grounded. 
you feel like you're connected to the earth. You feel like you're in your body and you're present, right? When you're in your anxiety, right, you're like, you're up here. You're kind of like flying away from the earth. So it's interesting that food was my way of, of coping because it helped my body feel heavy when I felt like I was losing control. Interesting. So interesting. Yeah. Then with the depression, right, specifically with the depression, I was so grounded and so stuck to my bed that it was painful because the part of me that was like a high achiever was fighting me and was like, you need to get shit done. Right. But I couldn't. So that was painful for me. And I was in the bed, stuck in bed, like, oh, I wish I could just get up. And that pain, the way to cope with that was by eating, to give me pleasure, right? So we use these things outside of us just to give us what we're wanting, what we're needing, you know? So to tie it back into your question now around how this works with being an INF, right? When you're an intuitive feeler, highly sensitive as well, right? You feel all of these things, the depression, the anxiety, the heavy beliefs, even more. And it is so fucking painful. Mind my language. I don't know if I can swear on here, but <laughs> it is so fucking painful yeah. that we, we, and we don't know how to cope. We really don't know how to be with our pain. Mm. Right? So my journey has literally been about learning how to be with pain and how to feel safe in my pain. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Was any any part of, um, you, know, you mentioned, you know, feeling safe through the binge eating and um, mm. was any part of that, do you feel related to kind of numbing of, the feelings, mm -hmm. you had. Absolutely. feelings that you had yeah 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 that too right just feeling numb but the interesting thing is, is that the numb would be the numb is painful the numb does it doesn't work like you can only be numb for so long at least for me i could only be numb for so long before i started feeling soul pain right like my heart and my soul was just like no like this isn't what we came to earth to do. Like, no, you know, yeah. like it just felt so wrong to be so numb. Yeah. And you can, and, uh, um, I, I think it's the same. Yeah. Well, I, um, so I, I've had, uh, I guess I would, call, I don't know if you call it a disorder, an addiction, I would say, hmm. uh, to pornography. Uh, which mm -hmm. I've actually spoken a little bit about on another episode, which hasn't gone out yet, but it, I think it will by the time um, this one does. Um, and yeah, you were describing how you'd feel, you know, filling the void and at the end, and at the end it would just be like, oh man, yeah, like I, I am, I am an addict and just this just doesn't feel good. Like it would literally feel like whilst I was in the moment, I was not in reality. Yeah, I, I was um, I taken myself somewhere else completely. Yeah, it's the escapism. Yeah, it was escapism. It was like I was literally escaping real life. Yeah. 
and and then at the end they would just be like again uh yeah it would be just like oh i feel terrible like i might have done it for a few hours like i might be really tired because i've not slept properly and then i'll be like you know kind of embarrassment and shame and like self beating up because it's like oh why have you let yourself do this again yeah uh, and yeah like i say it's um interestingly in my, yeah so my psych my psychiatrist said to me he was like um not that obviously it, it was ideal that I did this, but he was like, you know, he was like, I see a lot of alcohol and drug addicts. And um, I guess I was fortunate in a sense that I didn't choose those, choose those, whatever you want to call it. Do you know what I mean? But it, every, everything is what it is. Yeah. You know, and. Um, yeah, we all have our poison. It's still poison. Yeah, it's still, it's still, it's, yeah, it really yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I know that's a vulnerable thing to share. So yeah. Thank you. That's oh, okay. Thanks for, I guess, I created the, you created the space for me to be able to share that. So I appreciate that as well. Mm, yeah. Um, on can a, I actually, can I talk about something before we go to the next question? Yeah, of course. You mentioned something that I feel is so important to address. And it's literally like every podcast interview I do, everything I do, I really try to bring this message in. And, and I forgot to mention that to you until, and I'm just realizing it now. I'm like, this needs to be said. Um, when you talk about the self-judgment, mm -hmm. right? The embarrassment and the shame and the self-judgment. We have to talk about that. Because what I've learned is that what is keeping us stuck? What is keeping us stuck in our behaviors is the self-judgment. what is keeping us stuck is our self-judgment yes as in tying into the kind of fear of even going there and addressing it so okay so self-judgment to me sounds like why why am i like this why am i doing this what's wrong with me mm -hmm. why can't i stop what's going on mm -hmm. right and it's just this like oh 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 you can kind of feel yourself pounding against yourself with these questions, right? Yeah. And what's so interesting is that the way we're asked, li we're literally saying questions to ourselves, but the way we're asking the questions are, is not open to an answer. Like, what's wrong with me? Why am I doing this? Oh, I'm so stupid, right? But when we actually stop right there and we shift that question into an energy of curiosity, why am I doing this? Yeah. Right? And we actually get curious. Yeah. The door just flings right open into our subconscious mind and we can actually see, oh, it's because of this. Oh my gosh, that's painful. Oh shit. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, and that opens up everything. Yeah, removing the judgment lets you actually open the door and connect the dots mm -hmm. as like, um, as you might do with someone else, like a, another person. But yeah. when it comes to yourself, we're kind of more critical, aren't we? Right, right. And like even, I even see some, some energy. So judgment to me is an energy and it's something that I've attuned my body to be able to feel really like quickly. Right, where it's not even like you have to say something that would be classified as judgmental, like it's an energy, it's a 
it's a literally something that's going <clears throat> like you you know like a stop <laughs> not good bad no kind of like that and, and it's a feeling right and that that energy is what's keeping us stuck and sometimes that, that can even be laced into a lot of personal development personal development books can carry judgment so like you can like when you would tune yourself to be able to feel this you're like holy shit it's everywhere <laughs> right there's just so much of like fear and and judgment comes from fear okay it's literally just fear of like oh my gosh that's no i don't want to go there yeah that's scary so i'm going to judge it as bad and it's not safe so it's bad right right that's interesting so so do you i might just so i understand that correctly what you just said there at the end mm. do you almost think self-judgment is used not used but in a way kind of it's 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 in a way in a weird way easier to lean into self-judgment because then it means we don't have to open up the pandora's box yeah i'd say it's a learned way of being right the, the judgmental way of being mm -hmm. it's it's learned it's something that's been passed down to us over and over and over again it's just the natural way that we've been kind of like conditioned to be right and so you know early on in my journey i remember like in my journal when I learned this lesson, like judgment versus curiosity, I would literally have to like, I'd be writing out my thoughts and noticing, wow, there's a lot of judgment here right now. And I'd have to write down the words, no judgment, no judgment, no judgment, curiosity, curiosity, curiosity. And I'd have to do that so many times because it was such a rewire. It was so, it was just so foreign, you know, to, to be curious. So that, I mean, yeah. So, so a lot of the times, you know, when somebody, when somebody does decide to, to, well, I won't say all coaches, I'll just speak for myself. Yeah. Like when yeah. somebody works with me, it's a, for me, my job is to just be curious. Mm -hmm. Curiosity is the medicine. When, when I'm curious and, and then the second part is that, that my client feels safe. Right. When they feel safe and I'm curious, you can't not heal. Like everything just opens up, you know? Mm. Kind of unravels. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I feel like, um, yeah, I sense that there's been a shift for you. I feel like um, a lot of, I think we can be INFPs and Jays really compassionate towards others and be quite good at actually stepping back and just um, kind of seeing the good and wanting to help. And uh, But it feels like for you, there's been a real shift between that self-judgment and curiosity. And I guess if you've dealt with that with yourself, I think mm -hmm. that changes the energy when you're working with others, I'd imagine. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, what I feel like I used to say to myself, like, I'm so, I'm so nice to other people. I feel like that, so there's a difference between like being nice, right? And like holding space for others where, where it's coming from a place of like wanting validation, wanting to feel safe yourself, right? It's, have you ever heard of, of, so you know how there's fight or flight? 
Mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting that we only talk about those two things because there's actually there's actually four. But there's actually, freeze. There's freeze. Freeze, and then there's fawn. Fawn. F A W N. Yeah. Yeah. F A W N. Yeah. Yeah. Fawn. So, what's that? Which one? What, what is that? I'm it's not people people pleasing. It's All right. it's. It's shaping, shift shaping, like, or what's that word? Shift, shape shifting. <laughs> shape shifting to be the person that that person needs to feel so that they don't blow up or don't like whatever. So, you know, I have people in my life that, if I was being honest, scared the shit out of me, right? but I would be so nice and so understanding and so kind and compassionate and all these things. But really what I was coming from was wanting to protect myself because I was scared. You know what I mean? Completely. That, that, well, that's my go-to. The fawn is my, yeah. well, traditionally has been my go-to. Something I'm still working on, but it used to be more of an issue for me. Yeah. So, and all these four different ways of being, right, will just kind of like melt away just kind of disappear when you feel safe in your own body right if you feel safe in your own body and and there's somebody there who you would normally people please or you would normally try to get their acceptance when you feel safe in your own body you don't give a shit anymore you're just like i'm just gonna speak my truth right and, and it's pretty cool it gives you access to creating boundaries in, in an easier way it doesn't feel so sticky yeah because because you're meeting that need for safety yeah yeah i remember when um actually doing group therapy there was an instance where uh someone wanted to have a conversation with me so there was like a mediation type thing with me and this other girl and apparently you know i'd been speaking to her and um you've probably observed i was watching back our facebook live video and i'm like man am i like i'm just all over the place <laughs> when i'm speaking mm. so i i do that i don't always look at the other person in the eye when i'm speaking quite often i don't um yeah. and she you know took that in the wrong way da, da, da. and then so usually uh and you know we've been talking about people pleasing therapy usually I'd, I'd have you know just completely kind of laid down on the floor and apologize and this and that and i was like you know what i'm gonna say it, you know, I was, I was going to say, I kind of acknowledge, you know, how I made her feel and I apologize for that. However, da, 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 da. oh, dude, it was weird. Like, yeah, I started um, getting really hot. Yeah. And like all this anger and it was felt like the anger from all the situations I'd experienced where I had shapeshifted and held back how I truly felt in yeah. at the expense of myself just erupted and uh yeah that was when my anger came out uh for the like it's only really come out intensely a couple of times and it always ends with me bursting into tears yeah always the, you know the couple of times it's happened but um oh yeah. that, that's that's good i love that you brought that up because that's something else we can, we can go into if you'd like the anger the anger like so anger um so first of all let me just say anger is a secondary emotion so when you say to, 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 bur to, you burst into tears, yeah, crying, right? Yeah, and um, yeah, yeah. But my well, my understanding is uh, because I I observe in different people, some people flick to the anger real real easily. Um, I yeah, for, like like I say, for me, I, I I'm not um, 
I think I'm more in touch with the emotional kind of side, which is why it then follow. Yeah. But I want to, yeah. I really want to hear you talk more about this because I feel No, like that's so beautiful. That's so beautiful that you allowed yourself to feel the anger and then allowed it to turn into what it actually is, which is a deep sadness. Well, it only, it would only end literally. It was so out of character. Like, so after that day, I come home and I'm like, I'm still feeling really hot. I go to the gym and do a workout. Probably mm. not the best idea. I was doing like pump some weights. Mm. anger plus adrenaline <laughs> I was cooking at home that night and um mum can be quite picky and she said something and I just I chucked my watch at my foot yeah. I, I went upstairs my body was so I took my t-shirt off and I just started punching pillows yeah completely out of character this has never mm. happened my family were like what my, my dad came up and he was like it, bless him it was to check up on me but he was just like uh, writing about the living room, he was just like, "Can you keep it down?" Because I could really hear like the living like the living room was shaking. But he was just thinking yeah. if I was okay. But um, yeah. it wouldn't it wouldn't have ended unless I'd burst into tears. Yeah. And it felt like a calm, cathartic release when that tear bursting happened at the end of it. Mm. Yes. You know, I love how you say like that it was out of character, right? Because because often when, with, when it comes to anger, like anger is the one emotion that most humans are judging so bad. They're like, I'm not an angry person. Angry people are bad, right? right. They're bad, and, how, they, how they make you feel, like how we perceive anger, like they make you feel yeah. unsafe and that the, just not nice, right? I've experienced exactly. anger and it's not nice, right? Right, so there's a distinction that I love to, I, I love to teach is that there's a difference between when anger is being projected at somebody who is alive, right? Mm. Or when it's being projected at yourself, when you're self-inflicting yourself with your own anger. Right. There's a difference between anger being thrown at something. And I like to distinguish that as aggression. That's something that my coach taught me. That's aggression, right? And then there's just the anger, the energy of anger. Just the emotion of anger. And the emotion of anger... With no judgment, is, right? This is with no judgment. Right, no judgment. Just There's just the emotion of anger. Yep. Which is universal. We all feel that. It is in all of our bodies. We all have the ability to feel angry. And actually, the, the emotion of anger itself, when we have a really healthy relationship with it, Man, it can do amazing things. It can, it can, it can fuel creativity. It can fuel change. Can fuel a lot of really amazing stuff. But our relationship with anger has been one of fear and judgment, and basically playing hot potato with it because most people don't know how to be with their anger, so they just throw it at other people. Right? Yeah. Right. Right. So. Coming back to depression, okay, when we're struggling with depression, what's happened, I mean, this is just one part of it. There's so many different layers of depression, but this is one of them, where we've felt angry so many times in our life, and we didn't feel the permission to feel angry, that we stuffed it down. Mm -hmm. And when anger gets stuffed down, it turns into something called resentment, right? And when resentment gets stuffed down and stuffed down and stuffed down, 
it just turns into pure heaviness. Like a magnet. Like, like, you know, when you struggled with your depression, this was the case for me. I felt like there was a magnet in my body that kept pulling me back to my bed. And I was like, what the hell? Like, it's literally like, ugh, like I can't get out of bed. Like I'm stuck in it, right? And something I've realized is that big part of that was how much resentment was in my body. Yeah. This is incredible stuff. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're kind of making me think about, and I know after this, I'm just going to have to go away and I'll be, I'm sure, reflecting on some of my anger yeah. slash resentment slash, uh, yeah. How did, where did you, where did you, um, where did you learn this stuff? <laughs> yeah, so it's been, so it's really interesting because like, like there wasn't one place where I learned all of this, right? It's right. been more of like, I've been following my intuition mm -hmm. through time. And it's brought me to all the right teachers at the right time to help me kind of put it all together into what I share now. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's going to yeah. continue to evolve as I keep learning. But, sure. but so, but to share with you, I, I've done um, a lot of different coaching programs, mm -hmm. plant medicines. Yeah. Right? Plant medicine teaches me a lot about how energy works. Um, <clears throat> I did a coaching program through a company called IPEC. They're, they're through the ICF, the International Coach Federation. Sure, um, sure. They taught me a lot. And then I did another coaching certification through a company called Hungry for Happiness. Um, and that taught me a lot. And I actually work for Hungry for Happiness as well. I'm a mentor for their new coaches coming through. And um, yeah, I think that's like basically where it's all come from. And then, you know, just like my own intuition. Right. And also, I guess, your own journey and then the stuff that you've worked on yourself, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. My experiences. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, do I go back to your questions? Or? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I do. I'm, I'm glad that you, yeah. I mean, this is just goes where it's meant to go. But I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad right. we went on that. Um, I guess it wasn't even really a tangent, but yeah. No, thanks oh, for yeah. thanks for that. Yeah. Um, on, I guess on a little bit of a lighter note, yeah. Um, there's a word that you use to describe your current self, which I really resonate with because this is like my word, and it's free. I mm. oh, mm. love that word, um, and I kind of get the impression it holds kind of meaning for you as well. So I, yeah, I just wanted to hear you talk about that word, and um, I guess it kind of feels relevant in the context of what we've been talking about as well. Absolutely, because what we've been talking about has been all the different ways that we chain ourselves down right? The self-judgment, that's a, that's a chain. The, the resentment in our body, that's a chain. You know, attachments to things like chains, chains, chains. And this work, so there's this quote, I actually shared it on my, on my Facebook feed the other day, um, that Michelangelo said after he carved out the, oh, yeah, yeah the did you see what I posted? Or do you know what I'm talking about? I know, yeah, because I saw you post it, and then I'm pretty sure I saw it somewhere else as well. And you got it? Have you got it in a bio somewhere? Somewhere? No, I I, I want to put it in my bio. I'm gonna start putting it on my website too, because it's just so. It's I feel just like exactly how it works. I don't know if you're so, like a I don't know if you're a tattoo kind of person, but I feel like. Oh my would, god! Yeah, I feel like that would be your tattoo. I've actually been wondering. I've been wanting to get a tattoo. 
Yeah, I've been wanting to get a tattoo and I've been wondering like what, what I would put as my tattoo. So I love that. Thank you for that idea. Um, okay. So yeah, the quote for the listeners is, um, I, I saw the angel in the marble and I carved until I set him free. That's literally what this path is about. It's about noticing, okay, like when I was in my depression, I was not myself. I was a block of marble with all this shit around me, right? And I've carved and carved and carved and carved, and I'm still carving. It's not like I've like arrived, like, but it's, it's, it's this continuous carving until you just feel more and more free. Mm. You know, it's just, it's, it's the most incredible feeling. Mm. I, I've got yeah a, a question on that because um, I love that and that quote yeah it really hit me I saw that I was like oh what a beautiful quote um, and it's lovely mm. hearing you hearing you kind of add your um, depiction kind of of it uh, which yeah. was similar to what how you know kind of yeah what I gleaned from it um, with this stuff I um, and I guess I'm really asking for myself here Mm-hmm. I've sometimes thought, because I've, I've for a long time been in, in, into self-help and psychology and like healing myself, and I sometimes think, is there a point, Jazz, at which this can stop? Because if I lean too much into that, it's not good for me because I kind of think that, oh, there's always something to be worked on. Da, 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 da. So I wonder if you've got anything to say on that, like kind of when is enough enough? Like what? Yeah. yeah. I love that you're asking about this because I actually just had a massive realization about myself literally on Monday. Today's Thursday. Uh, So it's beautiful that you're asking this question right now because it's so fresh in my system. It's like something that I'm just like, wow, and I'm feeling really free today because of that, right? Um, I recognized that on this personal development path, it can come from the soul's desire to be free and it can come from a wound of I'm not enough mm-hmm. and I'll never be enough. Right. Mm-hmm. And when it's coming from that place, it, it does become really unhealthy. And I, what I learned on Monday was that I was carrying this deep belief that the belief was I need to change. I need to change. I need to keep changing. I need to evolve, 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 right? And that's worked really well for me because because in the last four and a half years, I'm like a different human being, right? But there's consequences to that as well in that my obsession with this work has also pulled me away from my kids, pulled me away from my marriage sometimes. Like there's consequences to it you know, and I was able to recognize that on Monday and go, wow, and I realized this in a safe space with, a, with um, my husband and I have a coach together, and the coach said to me, he said the words, you don't need to change for anyone, you don't need to change, right, and it like, it hit me like a ton of bricks, like I, I started I was like literally broken, like sobbing because it felt like my need to change and keep going on this healing journey. It felt like the pressure was removed, you know, and I was just like, I don't need to change. Mm -hmm. 
right? Now it, now it feels like it's become more of, I just get to change and get to continue to do this healing when I feel like it, when I want to. Yeah, right. And um... that pure desire is there when the soul is like, it's time, it's time for your next level of freedom. Yeah, again, and, and again, just listening without, like, again, because for, 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 for me, kind of, it feels like it ties in with this. I've been through phases where I've been like, oh, I need to, I mean, like that, I think for me, it's a perfection thing. Having, like, I need to be doing this and this and this and this, and, and like, controlling, like, oh, I'm going to need to control my nutrition and my sleep and this and all this and this and this and have everything in alignment. And that perfection that kind of leaning into i guess a like control which is almost the opposite of being free i think there's a healthy balance to be struck however i mean what you've just said there sounds like it's, it's a helpful thing and yeah i think also for me it's um really just checking in with the intuition the feeling and um uh yeah trying to notice kind of when it is feeling unhealthy or not great yeah and you know what when when you connect with your intuition, the most, for me, the most surprising messages that have come through is that you're already perfect, right? So the chase for perfection, that is something that we've learned. It's, it's inherited. It's like the chase for something outside of ourselves. We need to, everything needs to line up and look a certain <clears throat> look a certain way that was to gain approval of man to gain approval of people outside of us that's mm -hmm. why we learned we need to be perfect was to to gain this approval right and when we connect with our intuition we find out actually you're already perfect and source intuition soul spirit spirit whatever you want to call it already approves of you and there's really nothing that you can do to change that Mm -hmm. like that to me is the ultimate freedom mm. is is that something you might be you mentioned curiosity and writing that word down mm. is this what you just said right now something you're going to be writing to remind yourself of that now that that's kind of it feels like that's happened quite recently that kind of no no because so um Honestly, I feel like when you, when you really hear those messages come through your own body and through your own intuition, and when they come to you in a time of like desperate need, like, like I'm, I can't be completely transparent about why that went, came through on Monday with what's going on in my life, but it was, it was a vulnerable time. And it was a time where I was like, I really need I need some, some help here, you know? And when those messages come through and you really see it and realize it, oh my God, this is what's been driving me, right? This, this need to change. I didn't even know that that was there before. Mm. It was just part of my life. Like it, I didn't even see it, mm -hmm. you know? And I feel like when, when we get these messages at the right time and the right way, you don't have to work on it anymore. It's done. You know, it feels like that's just something that I'm just, I just, I've let go because I was ready to let it go. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
it's not something that I need to like write down and like right. remind myself. It's like, wow, I, I, I'm letting that go. And um, now it's more about discovering who am I without that? Wow. You know? Mm. Yeah, no, that, that, I, thank you, you know, I guess for sharing that. And also mm. just being so honest about the fact that there is still learning and growth for you to experience like like there is for all of us right absolutely absolutely yeah and and it just like i know like in the beginning that that i remember being told that by like coaches or whatever like this is never going to end you know like we're always going to be growing we're always going to be learning we're always going to be in those vulnerable scary places um i remember that feeling so defeating and disappointing and you know, one of the things I used to really struggle with was asking myself, what's the point? That was another one of those big moments where I was like, oh, that's what I've, that's what I've been struggling with. It's like, my mind would be like, what's the point of doing that? Like, what's the point of trying, you know, when it's just going to keep going forever, right? And, um, you know, this is, this is like super deep and, and it might feel really heavy, but it was really important for me. And when I realized what I'm about to say, um, that moment, my depression was, that was the moment where I knew my depression was gone from my body. And what it was, was that I realized my question of what's the point, 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 was this deep belief in my body of what's the point of me. Mm. Ugh. that's something that I mean if you're like carrying that in your body what's the point of me that is like really heavy shit right so when I was able to connect with that and go wow and feel the pain of questioning my own purpose what's the point of me existing and feel that what was on the other side of feeling that pain was realizing that I'm here you see like it's like I'm here like obviously there is a point because I'm here mm -hmm. so instead of questioning what's the point of me being here what's the point of me being here what's the point of me being here it turned into through feeling it it turned into oh I I'm here it was kind of crazy I was like well obviously there's a point to me if I'm here you know um yeah forget where that was going that was going somewhere <laughs> what, what did you ask me <laughs> I, I, I can't even remember why i asked you now to be honest um oh, oh oh you were talking about how this journey is like ever evolving and never ending right like, so so that would that used to be really defeating and hard for me to to grasp Right, mm -hmm. it's like oh, this is never going to end. Oh, right. Fuck. right, and and through processing that, like, what's the point of me thing? Um. Now it's it's like the fact that this is never ending is actually so exciting, and and so like there's so many surprises around every corner. It feels like every time I have a breakthrough, it's like surprise from like the universe, and it's like really cool. Mm -hmm. you know 
So like, even though Monday I was like in a wreck and I was like really vulnerable, there's also that, that little voice that used to say, what's the point? Now that little voice is like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? <laughs> what's going to happen next? Right? This is really exciting. So you're, yeah. you're having your next breakthrough. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess so knowing yeah. that you're kind of always evolving and changing without the feeling that you need to be or become someone else. Yeah. You know, like we were talking about before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dude, somehow it's been an hour again that we've been talking. Oh, wow. Yeah, we, we're going to loopholes when we talk. It's crazy. Yeah, always. It's always really fun. Um, I just want to make sure that anyone um, who's listened to this or has watched this on YouTube um, has the opportunity to uh, to connect with you if they want to, to read more about you. Because I know you've um, you know, you've got a website, the blog, and I know you obviously do the coaching work that you've, you've spoken about. Um, mm -hmm. where's the best place for them to, to go to find you? Yeah, so my website is wildaircoaching.com. Um, and I'd love to connect with anybody on Facebook or Instagram. Social media is a fun place to connect for me. Um, and you can find me there. Facebook is Raya Elizabeth. I'm sure this will you, will you have like show show notes or whatever. Yeah, um, I have I have notes and I'll share the links, but you can say them. You can say them right yeah, now. Yeah, In, yeah. And so Instagram is at I am Raya Elizabeth. Yeah. So come and find me over there and just say hello and and I, I'd love to say hi. Awesome. I just want to say again, like it's always it feels weird to say it's always so awesome talking to you because I, we've only done this three times. Um, yeah. But I've got a feeling we will be doing more of this. Maybe not recorded all the time, but just yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to, I'd love to have more conversations with you. And um, yeah, thanks for just bringing you and your your kind of truth and uh, just your honesty mm -hmm. and openness and vulnerability uh, to this conversation. I really appreciate it. Mm, thank you. Thank you for uh, having me and seeing me. And um, yeah, it's it's just so amazing how we connected, and I'm super grateful. I hope you've enjoyed listening to today's episode and have taken away something from it. I wanted to mention again the blog, newsletter and membership community that I run for INFPs, INFJs and other highly sensitive introverts over at INF Club. You'll find lots of content to help you learn, reflect and take action and I also send out a free weekly newsletter to subscribers. So if you're enjoying the podcast and want to find more resources that will help you along on your journey just head over to www.infclub.net. To find show notes for this episode and for other episodes, visit www.infclub.net forward slash show notes. I've been Jazz Hoti. I still am Jazz Hoti, as far as I know. Thanks once again for listening, and I hope you'll join me again here very soon. Bye for now.